Welcome to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. Death is the enemy. Death is not our friend, but death is the enemy that Christ came to defeat. So when Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life, he is talking about the fact that he has come to fulfill the word of the Lord through the prophets that said, I will ransom them from the power of the grave. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the Gospel of John. Join us as Pastor Brian begins his teaching on John chapter 11, verses 17 through 44, in a message titled, Jesus Christ, the Resurrection and the Life. Now, here's Pastor Brian. As Christians, as time goes by, you know, we we sort of lose the wonder of, of some of the things that we read in Scripture. But I want to remind us of the wonder of what we just read together today. Search the annals of nations, tribes, peoples. Go as far and wide and deep into every civilization, culture, and people group. And nowhere will you find anything like what we have before us here. Nowhere. Nothing. I mean, you don't think about this for a moment. And we're going to talk more about this in a second. But just the reality of death. I mean, this is a... It's a real thing, right? Everybody faces it. Everybody lives with a, a certain dread of it. And just think, there is actually a book, you have one in your lap, that tells the story of a man who was dead and buried and four days in a tomb And another man called him forth from the grave. There's nothing like it. Nowhere. In the annals of history, you will not find another story that is comparable to this story. But what happens? After a while, we just become familiar with our belief and we read it. And we're like, oh, wow, that's cool. You know, Lazarus got raised from the dead. All right. Let's move on, see what happens next. Oh, we literally should just be shouting from the rooftops. Hey, everybody, read this story. Look at what happened here. And actually, as we look at the story, that is kind of what happened at the time. So not only do we have a man who had been dead for four days, raised to life again, But we have the one who raised him claiming to be the resurrection and the life and saying that those who believe in him will never die. This is, of course, another one of the I am statements of Christ. So we've we've been looking at those as we've been making our way through the gospel of John. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the gate or the door. I am the good shepherd. And now here we have another, I am the resurrection 
and the life. And remember, when Jesus uses this I am formula, what he's doing is he is identifying himself as the God of Israel. So in the story, let's go back and remember where it all started. Message came to Jesus, Lord, the one that you love is sick. And this message came from these two women, Martha and Mary, who lived in a village called Bethany. And the message was about their brother, Lazarus. And what we see from the text is that Jesus had some deep relationship with this family. And we don't know any more of the details. We don't know how Jesus came to be so close to them. But they were so close that when they sent the message to Jesus, they simply referred to their brother as the one you love. So there was a beautiful thing that was going on between Jesus and the members of this family. But what I want to just point out is that as we look at the interaction between Jesus and Martha more so, Mary slightly, we see that they were confused and they were conflicted. So in verse 20, when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. She's confused. Lord, why didn't you come when we called you? This tragic, horrific situation could have been avoided. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. And now Jesus, of course, he says to her, your brother will rise again. Martha says, I know that. Martha, as a, as a Jew, Jewish people believed in a resurrection. They still believe in a resurrection if they're religious Jews. They believed in a resurrection on the last day, the final day. But what Martha doesn't believe, evidently, is that anything could happen today. Now, she says, I know that whatever God asks of you, or, or whatever you ask of God, I know that he'll give you. But then when Jesus actually tells her what to do, she says, oh, no, we can't do that. So, so you see that she's conflicted. And, and Mary doesn't do exactly the same thing, but she, when she comes to Jesus in verse 32, she says the same thing. Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And so what we, what we see with them is basically, as Martha would go on to say, after Jesus declares to her that he is the resurrection and the life, Martha will go on to say, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah who is to come into the world. But here's the problem. We believe you are the Messiah, but you're not doing Messiah-type things. So you see, there's a, there's a conflict here. They believe in one sense, but in another sense, they're struggling. 
And it's not uncommon for us to find ourselves in similar circumstances, is it? Where we believe. Well, of course, we believe that Jesus is the Messiah. We believe that Jesus is the Savior. We believe that Jesus is God in in human flesh. But sometimes things are happening around us that seem like they shouldn't be happening if Jesus was really in control. And so we can identify, I think. I know I can. I've, I've had times in my life where I'm just like, yes, Lord, I know. Yes, you are. And, and, but Lord, but what about this? This doesn't make any sense to me. So if you've ever felt that way, know that you're not the only one that's ever felt that way. Martha and Mary felt exactly like that. Now, I love what Jesus says to Martha because she's talking about this resurrection, this thing in in the distance. I I know that that my brother's going to rise at the resurrection on the last day. And I love what Jesus says. And I think he kind of said it like this. I think he kind of looked at Martha and, and just said, Martha, I am the resurrection. I mean, think about that. Mar- Martha's thinking of the resurrection as uh, just an event. Jesus says, I am the resurrection. How powerful is that? I am the resurrection. Now, we'll come back to that. But The second thing I want us to notice is the emotional response of Jesus to the pain and grief surrounding Lazarus's death. In verse 32, when Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, Listen to this. He was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. You see, sin and the devastation that comes from sin, it breaks the heart of Jesus. Thirdly, Jesus does and can do the unthinkable. Verse 38, Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. Here's where we see Martha's conflicted heart. Martha said, But Lord, by this time, there is a bad odor, for he has been dead four days. But what does Jesus say? Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus looked up, and he prayed. And when he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen 
and a cloth around his face. And Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Nobody expected that to happen that day. Whatever they hoped that Jesus would do, whatever they wanted to do for them, it was a missed opportunity because Jesus could have done something had he only come when they sent for him. Lazarus wouldn't have died, but nobody would have dreamed. Now, let's remember, Jesus has already raised people from the dead. But you know, like today, there were skeptics back then who probably thought like they did when Jesus went into the house of Jairus and raised up his little girl. Well, she wasn't really dead. She, you know, she was kind of like in a coma or something and Jesus, Jesus just pulled her out of it. Or the, the widow's son, the widow of Nain, he had just died. They were taking him off to be buried because, you know, in Israel, you get buried the day you die. You don't go and get all of the things that we do today. They just take your body and wrap it up and put it in a, in a grave. So there could have been some thought, well, you know, maybe he, he, this young man, what, maybe he wasn't really dead. But with Lazarus, there's absolutely no question about it. He's been in the tomb for days. His body has already begun to decompose. Jesus does the unthinkable. He calls Lazarus out of the tomb. We need to expect Jesus to do the unexpected. I do think we really have tamed Jesus. We, not really, because of course you can't tame him. But in our own minds, we've tamed him. We've just like, well, Jesus, he used to do stuff like that, but he, he doesn't really do that stuff anymore. Now, when it comes to resurrection, somebody might say, well, what about today? How come we don't see people risen from, rising from the dead today? Well, I think the one thing we should say about that is we don't know all the facts of what goes on all around the world. Places that we don't know anything about. People groups that we don't know anything about. Where the word would not travel far and wide because there's really nowhere for it to travel. But whether it's that type of thing that's happening, we do need to remember that the Jesus who raised Lazarus from the tomb is the Jesus that we follow today. And we need to expect him to do the unexpected, to do things that I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have thought that. I, I, I didn't know that it would, would go that direction. Jesus does those types of things. So, This brings me back around to where I want to just camp out for a few minutes. Back to the great statement in verse 25, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Out of all of the I am statements, this one is the most astounding to me. Astounding because it answers the deepest questions and fears that we all live with. 
questions and fears about death. Think about this. There is a universal sense of the wrongness of death. Everyone, everywhere, for all of time, thinks death is wrong. The ancients thought that, and the moderns think that. It is, as one theologian put it, it is an intruder. Death has intruded into God's good creation. Death was not a part of God's original plan for his creation and those made in his image. That's why we cannot adjust to it. We're not meant to adjust to it. Paul stated it like this in Romans 5, 12. He said, sin entered the world through one man, speaking of Adam, and death through sin. And this is the way death came to all people. See, death came through sin. Sin came through one man. Death is the byproduct of sin. God created a sinless world. And he created the first two human beings sinless, but they sinned. And when they sinned, they introduced death. God had declared to them that they could eat of all the trees in the garden, but not to eat of the tree in the midst of the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For the day that you eat of it, you will die. That's how death came in. So death is the enemy. That's why we feel the way we feel about it. Death is an intruder. Death is the enemy. Death is not our friend. But death is the enemy that Christ came to defeat. So when Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life, he is talking about the fact that he has come to fulfill the word of the Lord through the prophets that said, I will ransom them from the power of the grave. I will redeem them from death. O death, I will be your plagues. O grave, I will be your destruction. Jesus comes into the world to destroy death. That was his primary mission, to destroy death. The destruction of death would come through Christ's resurrection. The apostle Paul would later write of Christ as the one who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light. Now, Jesus says, I'm the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will never die. You know, one day, that just hit me in a way that it hadn't necessarily hit me before. When we talk about people having died, we really are using the wrong language about people who believe in Jesus. Because Jesus said, if you believe in me, you will never die. There's two definitions of death. Pastor Chuck used to remind us of this all the time, the two definitions of death. One is the definition of your spirit or soul being removed from your body. That's 
our definition of death. God's definition of death is your spirit and soul being disconnected from him. And that's what happened when Adam and Eve sinned. They died. Their physical bodies went on living for a long time, but they were separated from God. Lazarus's resurrection foreshadowed a greater resurrection that would follow shortly. Of course, I'm speaking of the resurrection of Jesus. And the interesting thing is that it foreshadowed the resurrection of Jesus in as much as the prophecy about the resurrection of Jesus in Psalm 16, verse 10 said this, you will not leave me the Messiah speaking, you will not leave me in the grave, nor will you allow your Holy One to experience decay. So what's the fear of Martha? Lord, we can't roll away the stone. He's already decayed. But Jesus calls him forth. And of course, he comes forth and he's not decayed. Maybe that process had already begun and in the, the restoration that was, took place also. But I think in Lazarus, we're seeing this whole thing of you will not allow your Holy One to see decay. And Lazarus's resurrection confirmed Christ's claim to be the resurrection and the life. This is the thing we need to remember about Jesus. Jesus didn't simply make claims. He had acts to back up what he said. Jesus's claim to be the resurrection and the life is so radical that it does not allow the hearer to hold a neutral position concerning him. As C.S. Lewis said, there are only three possibilities with Jesus. He is a liar, a lunatic, or the Lord. Any serious consideration of his words and actions will almost certainly force one to admit, like it or not, that he is the Lord. He is the Lord. And as we close today, of course, as we're talking about Jesus destroying death, he destroys it by dying himself, by facing it head on, but then by rising again. Remember this story in the Bible that you carry around. The greatest story imaginable. Death is defeated by the one who said, I am the resurrection and the life. And he gives us life. You know, it's interesting how the NIV reads the second part of the verse. The translation here is different than all other translations. It says, and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Whoever lives by believing in me. That's how we have eternal life by believing in Jesus. But maybe you're with us and, and you've never received that life. Well, that life comes by believing in him, putting your trust in him, surrendering your life to him.
the month of June, Back to Basics Radio is offering a book titled, Can Science Explain Everything? by Dr. John Lennox. Doesn't science depend on reason? While Christianity does so not upon reason, but faith. So can scientists also believe in God? In his book, Can Science Explain Everything?, Dr. John Lennox answers those very questions and many more that consider the relationship between science and the Christian faith. Our current culture has been engaged in a science and God debate. He is not arguing for the existence of God, but for the compatibility of God and science. Dr. John Lennox addresses many common modern-day misconceptions, not just about God, but even about science itself. If you want to know more about the relationship between God and science, we encourage you to call us right now at 1-800-733-6443 or visit us online at backtobasicsradio.com to order Can Science Explain Everything by Dr. John Lennox. And when you give a gift to Back to Basics, we'll send you this book as our way to say thank you. We do appreciate your generous support of this ministry. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue tomorrow with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the Gospel of John. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.